It's May 30th, 1998, and Closing Time by Semisonic is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Chart. Welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Al. I'm Quillen. And I'm Trav. And this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in 1994. April, that is. (laughs) Oil, that is. (laughs) Today we'll be talking about closing time the first single from Semisonic's sophomore album, Feeling Fine, Strangely. <laughs> Closing time spent five weeks at the top of the modern rock chart. Here's a clip. Here's a clip thing. We would sometimes do. We don't. Yeah, it's not a consistent thing. Here it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we're talking closing time. Uh, this song peaked at uh, uh, number four on the adult alternative chart, and number thirteen on the mainstream chart, and number eight on the pop chart. So, uh, pretty, pretty successful song. Yeah, big song. Uh, y- y- y'all song. like closing time? I don't know. What do you think, Colin? I don't dislike it. I don't love it. <laughs> I I think it's good. I think it's fine to good. I don't know. All right. I uh strangely fine. <laughs> yes. It uh it the production is awesome. It sounds awesome. It's a great sounding song. Um, yeah, the drums sound pretty good, the don't they? The drums sound amazing. Um, I did not think that as a kid. I hated that drum sound when I was a kid because I liked the high pitch uh, 311 drum sound and stuff like that <laughs> when I was at this stage. I, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, and other things like that. This was not my kind of drum sound, even though I liked OK Computer by Radiohead too. So I guess that's not entirely true. But, anyways, sounds great. The song is good like good good enough good enough for a poke it's like it's good (laughs) yeah the thing that stood out to me this time was um there's this like instrumental bridge uh key change it goes up a like a a minor third and then back and that that's a really satisfying moment of the song are you talking about that was the main pre-guitar solo guitar lead part like the the uh no yeah uh like the the guitar solo part? comes after it. Yeah, the piano. So there's part. a yeah that 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 part leading into the guitar rock out part is is very nice. Yeah, yeah. I I felt like that stood out to me. I I liked the song better than I have liked it in a long time. Um, if I had not gone back and listened to it, I think I would have told you uh, this was uh, junk. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I listened to it and I I enjoyed it, and I also liked uh, singer Dan Wilson's voice mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good indie rock voice. I think that it's um, yeah, I think you put it really well, Al, and I, I think that um, it's not a song that I care to come back to. I I don't think I will. Um, really much. I didn't add it to like my a did I next playlist or anything like that. But, um, I don't know. It's just like when I do hear it, when it comes up, it's like, I'm not going to complain. It's, it's good. It's nice. It's, it has its role, I guess. And 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you, what, Trev, what do you, you've yeah, been, what? you've been seeming strangely quiet. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's true. No, I, I just, uh, I feel like it's been a very gradual, like, rise for me hmm. over the last 25 years this song is 25 <laughs> years old and like it's just like at first i heard it and i was like oh this is good and then it's just kind of been like on a very slow glacial incline and i feel like i like it just the tiniest bit more every time i hear it mm-hmm. i think i love the lyrical uh concept about it i th- i think it's just a, a really perfect kind of pop song. And the more I hear it, the more I go, yeah, you guys really, really nailed that. Mm. It, it doesn't make me feel anything. I don't, I, I'm not emotionally moved by it or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I just recognize it for being this perfect pop song. Now, what's your understanding of the lyrical conceit of the song? You know, um, it is that there is, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, you could look at it as if it were a bar where everything is, it's closing, closing time, quote unquote. I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes, closing time. And uh, you have to move on to something else. But the key, the the key that everything turns on in this song is that every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Mm-hmm. A phrase that I use in my daily life regularly. <laughs> really? That's a <laughs> I good do. Line. I do. I love it. I think it's so great. <laughs> um, it's 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 funny how great it is. Is what it really comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. What a perfect line. Um, it applies to life. It applies to the song. It is fantastic. I just love it deeply. And wow. I love it more. The, the more I think about it, the more I love it. I, so, I love that. That's so nice. Thank you. That's yeah. so nice to hear. I, uh, I like it as an archetypal uh, closing out the night at the bar um, scenario. You know, it's, it's relatable to everybody and that you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's a, that's a nice line too. And then I like kind of wondering if the, I knew who I want to take me home. Is that like actual love or is that like drunken desperation? Like is this person about to go home with like someone that they're going to just have total regrets about later. But in my research, I found that the drummer of this band, Jacob Slichter, he wrote a memoir recently and he explains that Dan Wilson wrote this song about becoming a father. And the song is about being objected from the womb as though from a bouncer at a bar. Nope. Don't care. Don't want to hear about this. I think that it's an entertaining read and it makes sense of some lines that don't make sense. Otherwise, like this room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. (laughs) I don't like this at all. This is, oh, it's, it, no, this is this is distracting. It's distracting. Like okay, just well, just keep it as simple as possible. I, I I don't I don't know. I guess I don't know. You're I like right the idea to explain of closing what time. You gotta get out means. of get out of the womb now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's time for you to go. I yeah, I, I read about the um, fatherhood comparison too. Oh, I I forgot that this is the song that the. Uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Line is from that's a line mm-hmm. that has stuck in my head for years, years and years and years. And I, for whatever reason, forgot that it was this fucking song. That's so yeah. dumb. Like, if I worked in a I will, bar, I, 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 I feel like I would really like think about this song every single night. Oh my God. And those lyrics. God, I, if I worked at a bar, I would hate this song because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing that bars fucking play. And to get people to leave and uh that would Jeremy crazy as a, a worker there but yeah i i just uh i i don't know that line is so cool to me and i i guess i always thought it was like from some like cool promise ring song or something like that like something <laughs> meaningful to me and no it's semi-sonic but anyway any whom 
Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good song. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, there's a couple of, like, iconic lines in the song about, like, endings and things. And it's mm-hmm. really, you really did a fantastic job of composing and compiling everything into the song. Like, like if you're going to write a song about the end of something, like, he really harnessed all of, like, every great line you could put into that. I mean, two or three, whatever. But, like, you know, it really focused it on this one song and used it to its maximum potential. Yeah. Good job, Dan. (laughs) Going to the video? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much more to say about the song, right? Split screen smash mouth. Yeah. Split screen. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I made a note specifically in this that it's David Fincher color filters, which, you know, he would have been fresh off of Alien 3 and 7 uh, with that kind of grimy um, monochrome filter over everything. This is a very green video. Interesting. I guess I saw the green as more of the like overwashed like oversaturated 90s late 90s color like yeah 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 i think either way of looking at it works the the video is kind of impressive um it, it creates the appearance of single shots on both sides which is always something that uh gets my attention mm-hmm. uh there's a on one side there's a server closing a restaurant and then on the other side, there's this kind of spinning shot of the band. Um, but then the two shots, the stories on each side interact and combine. There's like a woman who's looking for uh, Dan Wilson and Dan Wilson is looking for the woman. And then they they kind of cross paths in a couple different places. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a well-made video. There are some moments that are it's pretty impressive how it's synchronized that like the camera's spinning around and yet it's, you know, ready on the lead singer when the first line comes up and stuff like that. So that's, uh, you know, that's uh, definitely there is a lot of work that went into planning the video. A, so. w- a woman with like a pixie cut too, which was yeah. like uh, very, pretty radical in 98. Like it was like, this is a rare queen. <laughs> Yeah, that we should we should recognize and worship, and uh, yeah, it really she seemed very exotic, right mm-hmm. in the video. I I don't know that was my impression, even looking at it now, um, to to see her uh, walking around like that was that was pretty radical in '98. Now it's just like whatever, you know, um, but yeah, good look, yeah. guys like the album god yeah right uh it's good good album i liked it really it's good album so yeah i i had never listened to it all the way through um before and in prep for this i listened to it twice and the first time through i was like oh my god this is so much better than i ever expected this to be like half of it is awesome this is great and then I listened to it again and like everything that I thought was okay or good, like just wasn't, it just, it didn't really do much for me. I think that, um, uh, the second single singing in my sleep, the second song is, yeah. is very good. Um, it is. Yeah. 
think I like it more than Closing Time. Um, I think it's a really cool song. Yeah. Um, and there actually is a non-single that I thought was awesome called California. Um, yeah. That had a pretty repetitive thing going on, but like a really good groove, really memorable guitar line. Um, just kind of a song that, I don't know, it, it just felt great. Like it just was a really impressive song to me. Um, and I like, that's the best song on the album. I, I really, really like, I was just like blown away by this song. Um, hmm. and that, that's, that's it. That's all I, all I got. Um, it sounds amazing. The, the production on the album is fan fucking tastic. It's a really, really great sounding record. Um, yeah, you made a note about the producer. Yeah. Um, Nick Lanay. Um, he was like a, uh, post-punk producer in the eighties. Um, he produced like, uh, some stuff for gang of four, um, the killing joke, public, uh, public image, LTD, um, the slits, um, a bunch of wild stuff in the eighties. And then he went on, Oh, midnight oil, (laughs) uh, in excess. Um, and then he went on to be a collaborator really with, um, uh, Nick Cave. Um, uh-huh. He did some Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds album. I think he also, did he do, um, birth- yeah, he he produced some stuff for the birthday party, Nick Cave's band in the 80s. Um, he did. Mixed, uh, mixed uh, or engineered two Arcade Fire albums. Yeah, I think he mixed those. Um, mm-hmm. Uh was it Black Mirror and um, the uh, Neon suburbs? Bible? Ne- yeah, and the suburbs. Neon Bible and the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he re- produced. Um, what else? There was something else that. Oh, he did an Atari's album. He did a Silver Chair album. Like those are some more funny ones. The Living End. Um, but yeah, he just like uh freak tra- freak. Freak Annika by Girls Against Boys in the 90s. He did a Posies album, a Four Squirrels album. Like, he just was kind of all over the place. But, yeah, well well known as, like, a, a post-punk guy in the 80s. And um, I can kind of hear the Arcade Fire thing production-wise on this album, particularly... Uh, particularly on closing time, the drum sound like sounds like huh. big, like neon Bible arcade fire sounding drums to me. Um, huh. Like it makes sense to me. I I'm perplexed why he recorded these guys aside from money. Um, yeah. It's like, is it's this really a Albini <clears throat> kind of thing where he was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take your money. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's really funny that like uh like his production credits like you mentioned a ton of like great iconic bands but like everything he did was not important. Um <laughs> like yeah he recorded in excess in 1984 like before they were great or he recorded mm. like um, David Byrne in like 92 or like you know uh he recorded Silverchair in 97 he did freak show and he did neon ballroom and like like what those like, are the huge nothing. those are the huge silver chair albums right, right not not maybe not critically loved i mean i was looking at you know the slits caught my ear and then i looked and saw it's the earth beat single which like uh, right. cool song like, but yeah not it's not what i put on when i want to listen to the slits that's the, for sure there's nothing of any importance that he he did yeah so, uh, singing in my sleep, um, got to number 11 on the modern rock chart and, uh, number 31 on the mainstream rock chart. Um, secret smile. I remember hearing a lot that went to modern rock 21 and adult alternative number 17. I don't particularly like that song. I don't think I've ever really liked secret smile. Did you guys like it this time around? Yes, I didn't. I liked it a lot. I thought it was one of the better songs on the album. Nobody knows it, but you've got a secret smile, and you use it all 
not as good as singing in my sleep or closing time, but good. Um, question. Do you think that the secret smile is referring to a vagina? Ooh. Mm. And no. you use it only for me. No, I think you're perverse for even okay. suggesting that. All right. Well, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, the album there's track one, that stood out. There's yeah, one song that, that's better than everything. And I don't know if this was like clear, uh, but, but to me, I was like, holy shit, like it happened. And I was like blown away. Like, I like Closing Time. I loved yeah. singing in my sleep. That was a huge song for Audio Galaxy era me in college i downloaded it and listened to it all the time when i was in like you know early my early college years freshman sophomore years um i know what your pick's gonna be what is it never you mind you're right you're goddamn yeah. right it, it is. sounds like ben folds It's so, so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I watched Never Been Kissed uh, like last year. And, um, you know, it, it's whatever, you know, the Drew Barrymore movie. It's it's, you know, Drew Barrymore. Like you can just she just carries it on her charisma and charm. And then I think it the, the second song in the ending credits is Never You Mind. And I was sort of just like, you know, gradually kind of tuning out. And that song hit in the middle of credits. And I was like, whoa, what is this? This is awesome. And it like hooked me. And I, I um, f- like was really into it for like a week or two, forgot about it. And then I, I had to review this album, you know, to prepare for this episode and it hit, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this song. And I was so excited to hear it again. It is awesome. I love Never Do You Mind. It's so great. Yeah, it's really good. Do you agree that it sounds kind of like Ben Folds? Totally, yes. It's a big fuzz bass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, the low-end piano stuff with the left hand, um, with, like, slightly kind of funky stuff with the right hand on the yeah. piano. It's really, really cool. We haven't talked about my favorite. What is it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, my favorite was D&D. Oh. oh, yeah. It's just a very, very simple little wow. ballad. Okay. D&D. And the sign on the door. Disturb us no more. I like you to make your love my hideaway, and I like you to make my troubles slide away, and I like you to make me wanna play forever. I couldn't, I couldn't think about it without thinking of him singing about Dungeons and Dragons. Well, yes, it's the it's a. Cloaking robe of elven kind kind of month here on uh, Thoughts on Pod. Uh, I, I I I do think I, I think he was singing about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, yeah, he sings. But it's uh, D. It's all caps. D and D. Yeah, D yeah. He's being he's being clever. But no, he says uh, it's about how clever. he wants to. Uh, now they'll leave us alone. I like you to make the whole world disappear. Uh, I like you to make me want to stay forever here behind your door. Oh, he's singing no, about he the dungeon master. He, he's singing it's, about how he loves escaping from his social obligations it's a and love things song. like that. And it's a love escaping song. into his own world. It's a love song to his dungeon master. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. So when I was in high school, uh, Semisonic uh, had the opportunity to play the Clio Area Amphitheater. 
They had the um, opportunity to play the club. Th- they were lucky enough. It's not oh, offered to, come, to, to many. No, no. <laughs> it, it's very few have the opportunity. But Semisonic came to play the Clio Area Amphitheater. And um, there were positions that you could sit in where you didn't necessarily have to buy a ticket, but you could kind of look over the fences and mm. see what was happening or listen. And I had forgotten this memory completely until I heard the song D&D. Um, and I remember him talk. I, I, I had gone, you know, to kind of sneak in the trees to look over to hear Semi-Sonic <laughs> play. God, this is pathetic. I could, probably could have paid 20 bucks and just like sat in a seat. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I sat in the woods and listen to him talk, like give this long extended hold, intro to the song D and D, where on, he was like, "Really quick, how old were you? When was um, this? 16, 17. Oh, so this is when you were a kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So he talked about it, and he was like, you know, people hear D and D and they think Dungeons and Dragons, but it's really like Do Not Disturb, like <laughs> like you would put on like a hotel door, uh-huh. yeah. but. You know, he was kind of playing around with both of them. Yeah. And um, and then he's saying that like it was like a five minute intro, like we explained all of the, the differences. Huh. Yeah, between that. And I, I really liked it. It was such a fascinating story to listen to him talk about it. Um Yeah. But I I liked that. I, I had completely forgotten about it until I heard the song D and D. Cool. Which uh, when, which D and D do you like better, D and D by Semisonic or D and D by ACDC? <laughs> All right, Travis. <laughs> you know it's it's ACDC. Sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else about Semisonic? Did you um, did you ever listen to the album before this? No. Great Divide. I never listened to the one after this either. Oh yeah, I, no. I never listened to anything else. But the album cover to Great Divide looks so familiar to me. Oh, um, there's a song on that album that is good. FNT is it the opener? Yes, that, that sounds yes. kind of good. Yeah. So like I yes, I I went to it and I like started it started with that song and was like, oh yeah, this sounds really familiar. It, it's pretty good. It's a pretty rocking song. I mean, it does rock, um, and it funks. It's like a little funky, um. And the album cover looks so familiar, but I don't know what I recall it from. Like, I don't know why it was because I had never heard of them when I was a kid. You know, closing time was definitely my entry point. Um, I I just I'm I'm yeah, I'm a little perplexed as to why FNT and this album cover are so familiar to me. Um, I, it, it might be like on a soundtrack or something. Gosh, that could be if if this was a a, a professional podcast we would have an answer for this prepared is it on 10 things i hate about you um i don't know it uh i think it i think it might be but um yeah that song is is good it's pretty You're sweet. right yes yes don't mind my clicking um the rest of the album is the long kiss good night that's a movie I'm familiar with. That's Rennie Harlan directed, starring Gina Davis and Samuel uh, L. Jackson. Gina Davis plays a uh, former assassin who has uh, gotten amnesia and started a new life as a housewife and is uh, gradually um, reawakened and forced to face her... Uh, I'm, her past. I'm so sorry that I, I said that. <laughs> um, Anything else that you'd like to know about that movie? <laughs> so, so it's in that, it's on that soundtrack as is the chair by jars of clay. And, oh, uh, good. okay, good. Yes. And also a Tom Tom club song. Um, but yeah, 
no, I, it looks like FNT was on in Ten Things I Hate About You. Also, Trev. Okay, great, great. I, yeah, I think so. That's that a, I must think that's be, a good song. That must be where it sounds familiar, but I don't know why that album. Like, yeah, I I wonder if like, yeah, someone in my life when I was a kid had to have that album. Yeah, don't really uh, I'm, know who else like Semisonic back when I was a kid. I'm with you on California. I think that's a really cool song. I think it's um, probably it the awesome third or fourth best song on the album. Oh. I I really like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like I listened to it multiple times in a row. Um, after like finishing the album on my first like listen through. I was really, really impressed with this. That song is really cool. Really cool guitar yeah. pop song. Like, it's a very, it's like a slowed down Dinosaur Jr. riff. It is. It is. And I don't know. It's just something about, I. you know, when I was younger, I did not like songs like this that were like slow burns or like um, kind of just like repetitive, like, yeah, Groove very mid tempo kind of things, yeah. like mid tempo. Yeah, like I I liked changes and you know stops and starts and all those kinds of stupid crazy things. And like now I I really love just like kind of repetition and this song just does does that really in a really good way. It's just like I don't really want the riff to end and it plays through most of the song and. The drummer is not doing much, but he's doing exactly what he should be doing the whole song. The drummer is like hmm. pretty good. Like he's okay. He's very tasteful. Um, never thought about it the yeah, entire no, album. No, me, never, never considered drumming. Me neither. I mean, like the, I'm thinking of like even like the fills on closing time. Like they're they're like perfect. They're absolutely like the fills that he should play. Like at every like I don't know. He's like a. I mean, not like a drummer that I care for, but like he just he he knows what the songs call for. Like I, I'm just very impressed. Um, and it just like really works in that in in California. Like he just doesn't do much. It's just that's all I want from the song is just just kind of repeat and just kind of like fade, you know, into that. Like it's like totally like just like a zone out thing. It, it's really I I really am attracted to that kind of vibe in music these days. Just like. Puts, it's why I like a lot of these like um like newer like hip hop artists because like the underground hip hop thing because they are short songs that just repeat the same loop over and over and over and over and over with like mm-hmm. no change and I can just like fucking zone out and just like be in this like mood and atmosphere of the song and like I really am I'm attracted to that kind of vibe and totally different style, but like this song kind of has that. California has that kind of just like repetition and and just puts me in a in a place that I don't really want to leave. It, it's great. It's it's really really great. Really did not expect to um, wax poetic about track ten on uh, <laughs> strangely feeling fine. By, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I guess this band did. tended tended to do well in the UK. Like Secret Smile did well in the UK, and then their next album, the single Chemistry, did well in uh, the UK. And then um, they only have those three albums, I think. And then uh, I thought it was kind of interesting to see. Like I, I, you know. In my brain, I would have thought that Semisonic is doing all of these shows with Everclear and uh, Eve Six and, uh, you know, Toad the Wet Sprocket and stuff like that. But they've only really done local reunion shows in Minneapolis um, up until now. This summer, they're going to be opening for Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, mm. But um, let's go. hey uh, i forgot to mention something that i read that was interesting i'm assuming that this is probably from the memoir that you were talking about alec Mm -hmm. earlier um from the uh the drummer uh yeah they're on record or he is on record for saying that they used payola uh 
um, for closing time. I don't know how, oh. like, I don't know how um, prominent that kind of thing was. I assume pretty prominent, but like, you don't, I, I don't know. I, I guess I've never read about a band like coming around and admitting to that or. Yeah. Huh. Love that. Love they, that. Yeah. They, so they, like he, so the drummer, Jacob Slichter, I mean, he's like, basically that's like, he credits that for the song being big, which is interesting to me wow. because I think that song is like, I think closing time is a, it makes sense to me. It's not surprising to me that it was a hit. Um, like it's not a sleeper hit. I don't think, right? Like it's a, it's hooky yeah. and big. Um, everybody, everybody greases the wheels a little, I think in this game. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He, uh, so yeah, Dan Wilson wrote, uh, he's a songwriter now, right? Like he's a, uh, a studio guy like a hired gun he writes songs for adele and oh. he, he co-wrote really? he co-wrote the only heartbreaker by mitski huh. shut up i will not this is true this is <laughs> wow factual. for real that's yeah crazy. for sure man um yeah he just hmm. like people call him up and he's a he's a a fixer Who's the yeah? There's who's the other? There's somebody one? else that we had talked yeah, about who was, was like this. Yeah. Uh, who was? Oh, it? Uh, better than Ezra, right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jason. He was involved in writing some really bad stuff, from what I remember. Jason. Good, yes. Jason Goodkind is that his name? <laughs> Jason Elvin Kind Elvin Cloak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the guy's name? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you were making it up from the start. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's not Jason. It's just, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you wrote for Groban, Steve Perry, Jason Mraz. Look at this guy. He's going oh nuts. Oh, my God. Check his This is better, his better than Ezra guy? You know, this is, this is Dan Wilson from Semi-Sonic. Oh, okay. All right. He is, he is going hard on the credits. So I mean, yeah, he's he's done a lot of a lot of stuff. Well, should we head off to the charts? Yeah. Yeah. Mainstream rock number one is Blue on Black by Kenny Wayne <laughs> Shepherd Band. Woo, great. Going into I Lie in the Bed I Make by Brother Kane. Did you guys check this, this out? Uh, no, I God. didn't. Okay. I listened, I listened to it. I don't quite remember it, though. God. Was it like oh. another, wasn't it just like another bluesy thing? No. 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 It's awesome. Okay. Wait, All right. Let's go back like, a couple. Was All it right. Tonic, let's go tonic back. A, rock? It was like no, tonic, no, right? no. All right, stop. The, let's go back a couple of years. I know Alec shat on uh, um, the Brother Kane song. What it, from the Halloween six or seven soundtrack? <laughs> uh, what was it called? Uh, oh, and fools, that's where and I fools remember shine on. Brother Kane and this fools is a, shine on. This is not your Halloween six. This is not your daddy's Brother Kane. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a whole new ball game, baby. Uh I lie in the bed I make is is awesome. I, I will like now, like I, I forgot that I knew this song and it's probably it was like twenty twenty that I realized it. February twenty twenty. I revisited um I lie in the bed I make. Why did you why? Why did you revisit it then? I don't no, my okay. friend. Okay. I just, just happened asking, to just do asking. it, and Not I remembered judging. being. I remembered being in Arizona, um, mm. in February, pre-COVID, pri- pre, exactly, yeah. pre- just. Were you there for spring training, or? No, I, well, yeah, kind of. I was visiting my parents, who were oh. down there 
uh, vacationing. And um, I remember checking into that song and just being like, oh, my God, this is great. I love this. And um, yeah, nothing's changed. It's I, hold on, just see. out of February uh, 2023, and I feel just the same. It, this song rocks. Highest recommendation, five stars. Five wow. beds that I lie in that I make. That my, okay, so I, I definitely listened to it the other night, and my notes that I typed up said simply, I don't know what I was expecting. This was big, really? I guess it just did not make an impression on me at all. I think you I need to think about it a little bit. I, I'll listen to it again, uh, maybe before. Listen to it again in twenty years, unless <laughs> maybe before I go to bed tonight, I'll listen to it and and I'll text you. Listen to all it right. after the next pandemic. <laughs> before you know no no, it's got to be conveniently I, I... like a month before the the next pandemic. Listen, listen. Uh, thoughts on pod friends. If you love I Lie in the Bed I Make by Brother Kane, hit me up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Uh, on the pop chart, we're going from My All by Mariah Carey to The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Oh, yeah. I loved this song when I was a kid. You did? I did. I, I also was a horny, you know, young kid. Um, who had crushes on Brandy and, and Monica. Um, Weren't we all? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the, the song is good. Uh, probably not as good as I thought it was when I was a kid, but it, it's good. I, 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 I like it still. So it was uh, written by this team of four people and I thought oh let me explore each of them and it looked like they pretty much had worked on everything that they'd worked on they'd done it together oh. LaShawn Daniels uh, Jaffe Tejeda I, I'm probably saying that totally wrong and two brothers uh, the Jerkins brothers Fred Jerkins <laughs> and and Leroy Jerkins please <laughs> Jerkins I'm voice. only laughing at Quillen's <laughs> reaction to the Jerkins. Fred Jerkins and Rodney. Dar- Rod- oh, I'm not laughing at this. Rodney Darkchild Jerkins. <laughs> anyway, the Jerkins the brothers. Jerkins, they voice. they wrote. Uh, it's 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 it's, abs- it's absolutely chest. not it's absolutely not sexualizing the word jerk into jerking like it's uh-huh. it's just yeah. like so close to Jenkins it's just so close <laughs> yeah. to like just like a stupid random last name that I would pull out of my ass Jerkins that's yeah, what is making me name. laugh so just- hard. Thought it sounds like the Jerky Boys. Well, that too. That too. Uh, they worked together on uh, "It's Not Right, But It's Okay" by Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a bunch of Michael Jackson songs that were on "Invincible" in two thousand one. Uh, "Telephone" by Lady Gaga more recently, but um, yeah, they they worked on all this stuff together. So. Trev, did you not like The Boy Is Mine? Um, I I was okay with it. I didn't I was never excited about it. Dude, do you know I what, didn't hate it. Do you know what's awesome about it? What? Um, what is 
what was the Fruity Loops name for the strum? Strum. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the harp sound. The, the, the plucky Oh my harp, God, yes, strum. Sound. Strum. <laughs> there was definitely strum on the boy's mind. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> uh, Al, have you ever used Fruity Loops? <laughs> no, but I had a, a roommate who used Fruity Loops, yeah. and so I got to experience vicariously the sounds of Fruity yeah. Loops. Well, one, one of what's what's one of my breakdown. favorite sounds from it was strum. Yeah, what's what's this... the breakdown on uh, Discovery? There's there's a, a song. Oh, Voyagers. Yeah, I think it's on Voyagers, right? Yeah, yeah. I always like to. You know, the lazy comparison for me was always like, oh, this sounds like like Final Fantasy music or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a clip. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the boy is mine is cool. Let's take a look at the modern rock chart. Man, it's May already. That's crazy. We're like like late May, right? May 30th? Yeah, May 30th. Like That's halfway half- through Memorial the damn year. We Memorial. We only had three songs. through the year already. Yeah. Trev, do you dislike uh, Ava Adore by the Smashing Pumpkins? Oh man, what a what an experience it was to see that for the first time. I was so excited just to to see what would happen after Melancholy, and mm-hmm. to see the video, and to have it be so electronic and like just such a curveball was very confusing that's that's how i felt when i saw it and i i never recovered from it um i never like settled in and was like okay yeah i can buy into this it was just like i i don't know what you're trying to do i don't get it Mm. um i i guess i i guess i like the song the chorus Um, is good now the chorus is good Chorus is good. Yeah. I think the the verse is probably good. I think the nah, whole thing is fine. I don't like the verse. Now. Okay. Okay. But um I never loved it. It was never it was never the same band again. Yeah. I thought you guys liked uh Adore? Yeah. I never liked Adore. I still don't like oh, Adore. Oh come on. I own I, it. I, and I don't I only is, like a handful of songs. What is the post melancholy album that you guys love? Machina. Machine Machina. I love. <laughs> I love Machina. Machina. Yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. Al, do you but love, that's two thousand. Do you love Machina? I, I, I like Machina quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. I yeah I, uh, I like Perfect from Adore. Uh-huh, that's probably sure. the only other song that I know from it. Sure. Um. This song I shared with you at some point in the past, uh, the tale of Dusty and Pistol Pete. Oh, and Music uh, League. Music League. I don't think I liked it. Yeah. It did. It did well. It it did? You got some votes? It did. It was the autumn autumn round, and I think it was was maybe even in the top three. Wow. I roll my eye every time a song that's not mine does well, so... (laughs) <laughs> you know that's that's how these kind of games go yeah i'm sure we're, um, we're all the, the big r- revelation for me on this was i decided to check out debbie by the b-52s yeah yeah and it was great was it? it's just classic classic kate pearson it just sounded uh, it's like it's a song of it's about Debbie Harry. It's got a just great jingle jangle and a and I mean Kate Pearson's just one of the great vocalists. She can sell anything. It just sounded yeah. like the B fifty twos. Like yeah. yeah. Was there any Fred Schneider on it? None of the man, none of the bad man. <laughs> Damn it.
Uh, did you all like the Wallflowers version of Heroes? Um, I liked it fine when I was a kid. I, I think it's probably it's fine. I guess it's got to be just awful. Really? It's I, just I I liked generic. it. But I, I remember I, I liked it, and then I, I heard the Bowie version on the radio afterwards, and I was like, um, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh thank God the Wallflowers <laughs> came along and fixed this. And I wow. think it was just like I, I really had bought into this, like, really bland version of masculinity, you know, that was being sold at this time. And uh, Bowie came on, and I think I probably thought to some degree it was kind of like this is too like queer sounding to me. Not that Heroes is by any means one of the more queer Bowie yeah. so- sounding Bowie songs, but I do think that there is something about it that I was just like, oh no, this is not this is not for me. I'm gonna go retreat back to my Jacob Dylan blandness. Wow. Um. I don't know that I felt any kind of way about the yeah, album, that's kind of the song. I I think I remember the video and like things like crumbling. Uh, that that's that's all that I remember of it. Yeah, and that it was it was like oh yeah, this is nice, a a broad anthem. Hmm. I guess I've never really thought about what Bowie meant by that song, but. Putting it in the context of like fending off a monster attack, you know, singing yeah. "We Could Be Heroes" is, you know, that's cor- it's like that's corny, m- right? m- modern day movie trailer kind of kind of thing. Yeah, yeah wasn't good. it like uh, Tony Visconti like kissing someone through a fence? Um, like Bowie like watching from the studio, um, while he was like having withdrawals from heroin and seeing him like, you know, connecting with someone. I, I, that's my, my understanding of the story of the original, uh, take of the song. Okay. I just remember it being a pretty, I mean, just like, uh, what's the word? Like just, um, true to form like take of the song like i I don't think i mean i think it was just like yes you know like it was just nothing really exciting or special it was just like the wallflowers playing heroes like doing a yeah uh, a true to form cover of of heroes and yeah you know whatever um that's why i think it must be pretty bad i i don't i mean i I don't think it's offensively bad or anything like that. I think it's mm-hmm. like the kind of thing that's like, oh, they they did it. They did a fine job. Don't need to ever hear it again. Like, never do I need to choose to listen to this. Yeah. When, you know, there's the Bowie album. I didn't have much from this chart. Uh, I, like, um... Inside Out by Eve Six is there. Like we'll we'll be talking about that song eventually. Um, kind and Generous by Natalie Merchant is that not like the theme song from like Party of Five or the no. OC or something like that? No. All right, Party of Five was uh closer to free, and the OC was the OC was California by Phantom Planet. What is what is, that was too? This was a theme song to something wasn't it no you're I, thinking I, about dawson's creek i don't want to wait no na, 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 i know i don't want to wait na, 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 are you talking na, about na, night court na, 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 na. was that not a theme song to something or used in something in the 90s early 2000s oh bro it was used in being a great song <laughs> generous and kind yeah. Kind kind and generous. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't uh I don't I'm Oops. almost positive it was not a TV theme song. I'm going to look it Just up. Just a Yeah, I don't, I, that doesn't ring a bell to a, me. A love theme song.
typing generous and kind. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great song. Um from a later uh Natalie Merchant song that came after Tiger Lily, which had, you know, had a long reign uh with like radio uh airplay and things like that. But um yeah, that song was great. There's like this is like it looks like this is a common search on the internet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Was kind and generous by Natalie Merchant the theme song to something? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, was the theme song to something? Dawson's Creek was I don't wanna wait, blah blah blah. Let's see. Well, it's been used in a couple TV episodes. Oh, it was used in an office episode. And it looks like it You mean you mean an American office yeah, episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it looks like it was used in Party of Five, but not um like a theme song. But anyways. Okay. It sounded well, uh... it sounded incredibly familiar to me. Um Let's Boy, that rate let Natalie to. Merchant can sing. Oh yeah, that's what I got to say about her. She is put on a Natalie Merchant song. It's and a great it's just song. Like enchanting. She's got like, a great just, voice. I've not. Uh, I've not been able to so get great. into her um, or uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs, but uh, I respect the talent, like for sure. Just put on Natalie Merchant, period, and it's great. Uh, how do you all want to rate Closing Time by Semisonic? Uh, by uh, going around in a circle <laughs> announcing our ratings. One to five units. Zero to five units. Yeah. Okay. I'll start. That sounds fair. Uh, I think Semisonic, uh, Closing Time by Semisonic is good. Um, I give it... Three point seven five beginnings that come from some of their beginnings end. Okay. Good unit. I also. I'm gonna give it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it three Sonics and one Semisonic. So three. So 3.5. Um. Yeah. I. I'm kind of like right there with you guys. I. I think it's good. Um. I will give it uh, 3.5 feelings of uh, strangely fine origin. (laughs) I feel Uh, a a sadness. I'd like to grieve for the fact that I don't think I'll ever give a four again for the rest of this podcast. You don't think so? Spoiler alert. I just, I yeah, I mean, like, it's it's never going to be as good as it was before. I mean, And, like, I really, I really, like, relative to, like, what is happening in 1998, I really liked this. And, like, the best I could do is, like, really push it to, like, a 3.75. Unfortunately, this is. the best. Yeah, I hear you. Looking at the list, it's. It's tough. the The funny thing is, there is a whole song. Oh, but I know that it's like not the whole song that right that you two would give. Like, yeah, there is a whole song from the nineteen ninety eight album that you two would probably give fives to. Maybe. Um. Yeah. This there whole, might be two, one or two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Exactly. Well, this. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about singles like this. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Or two. Yeah. Okay, I I mean the whole song that we would be covering, I I love. Um, like I that's like the one song that I feel like I would give a a good high rating to. But yeah, it's it's the end of an era for sure. Yeah, dark that's a times. great way to say that because We've like headed, yeah yeah we're heading to dark times. We're in we're, we're in the... them. We're in the dark times. <laughs> yeah. We're on the other side. Of whatever was happening prior to '97, you know, yeah, it, it, it's just it's it's different now. 
Um, is semi-sonic a Nirvana wannabe? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have any Nirvana wannabes. What are they a wannabe of? Um, Tonic? Toad the Wet Sprocket? Um, like I don't know. They're a Minneapolis band. There may be some replacements influence somewhere back there, or yeah, it's kind of just a, in terms of just being a regular dudes singing about a bar. Um, kind of a Pixies progression. Yeah. Huh. That's that's the question. I think moving forward, nobody's going to be a direct nirvana wannabe but like what are they what are they picking from yeah yeah good question we will uh we'll have to speculate on this further in the future uh tell me all your thoughts on pod it's part of the off-shelf family head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine you can communicate with us via our Facebook group, Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod, or you can email us at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. You can listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. This next, uh, such a, a stupid name. Um, can you believe the Goo Goo Dolls wrote a song called Iris? Like, out of all the names they could have chosen. Why are you saying that? It's just like... L.A. Why? Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Stop. I'm just saying we have a better transition into talking about <laughs> Iris by Goo Goo Dolls. My, my wife's grandmother's name. It's a family name. I think that they named it after the live song Iris <laughs> throwing copper. I like that. That's good. Okay, well maybe we can edit that together into something. <laughs> good. Good. Like that. All right. Got nothing. Sorry, okay. y'all. Yeah, it's going to be good. We're just going to actually just leave all of this in. Nicholas Cage was in. He was in oh, City, of, City Angels. of Angels, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Was Megan also, Ryan. Uh, he was also in Raising Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Snake Eyes. <laughs> the Rock. Eight Millimeter. Face Off. Yeah. Wild at Heart. Yeah. Um, Vampire's Kiss. Shit. Uh, what was the plane heist? No, the, the plane. Connor. Yeah. The Weatherman. Uh, knowing. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> yep. Leaving Las Vegas. Yep. Matchstick Men. Mm-hmm. Face off. Said it. Been there. You said it already. Been there, done that. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, at, what was the what was the movie with Dana Carvey? Adaptations. Adaptation, of course. Oh yeah, adaptations, the best one. Master of Disguise. <laughs> no, there's one like Welcome to Paradise, or they like they got stuck in a town and they couldn't leave. It was like Nicolas Cage, Dan. said raising Arizona. Yeah. Mandy. But yeah. Mandy. Yeah. Mandy. Mm-hmm. Okay.
And the one where they killed the the the, kid, the parents are killing their kids. It's a more recent one. Pig. Oh. <laughs> Wait, the okay. one where the parents are killing the kids? Yeah. What Mom and Dad, it was called. Oh. Oh, man. That sounds This cool. is another dumb, purpose, purposefully cult movie. That doesn't count when you make a cult movie on purpose. Yeah. Sure. Cheap. All right. Bye.